Welcome to Fireside with Voxcake, podcast for professional public speakers. I'm your host, Richard Roger, the founder of Voxgate.com, which is an online community and service for speakers and event professionals. In each episode, we sit down for an intimate fireside chat with people in the public speaking community to learn how they have mastered the art of getting up on stage and speaking in front of an audience. If you're an aspiring speaker or just want to improve your onstage performance, this podcast will help you learn from some of the most accomplished and interesting professional conference speakers. My guest today is Furkan Cario. Furkan has a background in software engineering and is a speaker at international events, speaking about her journey as a woman in the tech world. She is the founder and CEO of diverseIn.com, a global diversity and inclusion platform. Among the many accolades Furkan has received are the Diversity and Inclusion Role Model in Business Award by the International Diversity Leadership Awards and the Trailblazer Award by Women in Tech Dublin Awards. Let's just say she is a high energy person and you will hear that in this conversation. In this episode, Furkan shares with us the ups and downs of being a public speaker when English is your second language. A really, really wonderful welcome to my podcast guest today. Furkan, thank you very much for coming on, on to the Fireside and Box Gig podcast. Thank you very much for having me, Richard. We're, uh, we're delighted to have you here. And this is kind of continuing a theme that we've had recently where uh, we're talking to uh, speakers in the tech industry who um, don't have English as their first language. So they have this additional layer of challenge. Um, where they have to give uh, yes. talks at conferences in English. Uh, and we'll come to that in a little while because I think it's a really important uh, part of enabling people to, to use public speaking to improve their careers. Um, but I'm going to start with my favorite question, which is, which is usually the one that, um, usually one that we get going with, which is, tell me about the very first time you got up in front of an audience uh, and spoke professionally. Okay. Um, when I go back... Uh, when I was four year old, actually, I used to read poems to our community center in my hometown back in Turkey. So my dad used to train me for um, for short, uh, short poems that I used to re- read them on the stage uh, to like 100 to up to 200 people. So that is actually my first wow. experience. <laughs> four years old. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's, yes, four you're the years old. <laughs> they used to place me on the, in the middle of the stage, actually. And then after I finished, I just didn't know what to do. They used to take me back. So, <laughs> okay. so that is the first um, experience. But uh, later on um, in Ireland, if I can say um, I was invited to Women in Tech Africa uh, in yeah, last year's uh Women's Day. So I did my first keynote speaking there in Ireland, I can say professionally. And I was invited to uh, Dublin Tech Summit later on. And then later on, I organized many events myself with, um, with Diversin. And, and actually, last week, one of the things that I really, really like, I spoke to uh, uh, over 80 uh, students in. Um, in Riyadh, a college partnered with DCU, Princess Nara University, 
final year students about entrepreneurship and diversity and so on. So um, these are the the experiences that I have, I can say, uh, like first experiences. It sounds like you do... Um you, you do quite a lot of speaking and, and, and quite frequently. Yeah. And I guess the, the, the reason for asking, can you remember the first time you spoke professionally, is, is really the follow-on question. If you compare yourself now, your speaking ability now, so your speaking ability then in the past, or what do you do now that, that makes you a better speaker? I'm assuming you are a better speaker now. Let's, let's, let's take uh, that. I, I <laughs> think that so. <laughs> <laughs> but assuming I, you are a better I, I, speaker, I what makes you a better one? <laughs> I think um, in the first ones, I was really, really excited and I couldn't even sleep all night. And um, so, like, I was thinking negative scenarios in my head all the time and I was focusing on what if I say this wrong, if I forget and things like that. I was really making up scenarios of my mind. So, but now... I overcome with that and I uh, learn how to make fun of myself as well later on. If something goes wrong, I could laugh on the stage. So this is the first thing I do. So if I feel comfortable with myself, people get that on the stage as well. They feel comfortable, you know. So the the other thing is I used to over-criticize myself so much in my first um uh, speaking opportunities, for example, I I used to listen to my uh, listen to my voice, or I listen I used to record my own um, video before I do that, and I used to listen to myself, and then later on go into Cambridge Dictionary check if I pronounce the word right or wrong. So I used to really um, try to make it perfect in a way that it would put me into a situation that I really struggle. I learned not to focus on my own um, uh, like language skills. Rather, I now focus on the message that I give. So this is the second thing I would highly recommend for people, for uh, non-native okay. speaking okay. English speaker, uh, speakers. And I think... Until you get into a, you know, until you start doing it, you always feel a little bit um, scared. But once you are there, once things like once they ask a question, you easily, you know, you have the answers on your mind and it just flows naturally. Now, I, I, um, I feel that it's, you know, it will flow naturally. But before I was like, well, what if I say this wrong? What if I say that, you know, so I had the negative scenarios, but now it's more, you know, relaxed, like today, for example. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we had a lovely chat before um, starting recording exactly. this. Exactly. Uh, but I think the, the uh, you know, you don't want to sound like a robot. People would like to hear authentic voices and also natural conversations not just like listening to something like a google translate is reading the text like sounding very strange you know so yeah. these are the things that i gained in in the last uh, one or two years it's interesting the uh, the first point you made uh, and, they're, they're, and they're all they're all actually good points uh, but the first point you made was about uh, making fun of yourself or 
uh, allowing yourself yeah, to make was, mistakes. Yeah, that was the second, actually. <laughs> oh, the second. <laughs> there you go. See? I can't count. You've got to make fun of yourself. I, I, think going, yeah. I think it's a mental attitude, isn't it? If You, you know you're going to make mistakes, but you're going to use them yeah. to entertain the audience. Yes, yes, absolutely. I give you an example. This is a very, very funny one. I was invited to speak at a panel in um, in HubSpot. So, okay, I normally prepare many things in my hand in case if I forget things like that. So, so they actually ask me, "What is diversity for you?" And that moment, my mind just got blank. The things that I wanted to say just disappeared, and Oh, then no. I, I was like, oh my God, I'm just, I said, can I have a look at my notes? And then people all laughed and, um, and I think that broke uh, the ISIS between me and the, um, the audience as well. I've seen that w- uh, small um, video later on on the Instagram page of uh, HubSpot, but I laughed myself. That was so funny. <laughs> It's fantastic, isn't it? Because that's a nightmare scenario for, for someone who's uh, just learned to it speak. Is. Your mind goes blank. What do you say? Yes. But it's okay. You survived. I survived and I could laugh at myself. But if it was like uh, two years ago, I would be so ashamed of that moment. But I am even speaking that now about that to you, you know. So I think, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I got over that. <laughs> We are human. <laughs> we are we are human. A lot of the points you made, they, they seem to have this. Maybe maybe I'm reading into them, but it feels like there's a common theme, which is uh, not being a perfectionist, yeah. allowing yourself to make mistakes. Sometimes you use them for entertainment. Sometimes it's just okay. Yes. Just just have a good message. It doesn't matter. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also run events and organize events, don't you? Yes, I do. That is another um, another extremely stressful activity. Um, oh yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> much more difficult than speaking. Oh yes. Uh, if you think speaking is hard, running events is is, is crazy difficult. Yes. Uh, but let's focus on speakers. Let's stay focused on speakers. Um, from the perspective of an event organizer, what would you recommend? How what would you like your? How does the speaker make your life easy? Um, I think. Uh, people like to enjoy and they don't want to be overloaded with all the information. So if speakers can really engage with the audience and they make them laugh, sometimes they make smile. When you look at the faces of the audience, you see if they are enjoying it or not. So for me, if a speaker is keeping a good um, engagement with the audience and then they, they are making them the content interesting for them and uh, presenting it in a way that they can actually understand, get into their level. So that all makes much, much easier for me. Like I am not a perfect public speaker. You know, we all have our experiences. We can only improve the things that we had in the past. Everyone has their own style. You can't really make a rule of how to make the, you know, the best speakings, but we can all only give the tips to, um, you know, the survival guide if things go wrong or what would actually make, um, you know, better engagement. What are the tools? So I think people, the speakers, their authenticity gives 
definitely a great um, exposure to uh, to the audience. So that adds to our uh, organization as organizers of the events a big, uh, you know, credibility. Yeah, and and I usually ask um, one of my other uh, questions that I usually ask speakers is, um, what was your biggest disaster when you were speaking? But I, I'm going to change the question a little bit because you run events as well. So um, I'm I'm going to ask, what was the most stressful thing or biggest disaster that happened to you uh, as an event <laughs> organizer? Because <laughs> I because I know these stories are, are usually <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there was a situation that we were um, we were organi- organizing this event, and then uh, we were not really sure if we could gather people in this weather under this weather because it was during uh, winter time. Yeah, that location that was really hard uh, situation for us. But then we. Like we said, okay, we are going to do whatever we can. And then later on, we are not going to be really focused on what doesn't work. So it actually turned out to be a great event. And I remember one of the the most challenging situation uh, I had in our second event for Diverse Inn. Uh, we organized an event in New York and I haven't been yeah. to New York before and like we actually decided in the last minute to organize. Okay. <laughs> and like that was two weeks before the event in New time York. in New York wow, and a place okay. that I haven't been. And I don't know the, the diversity leaders over there who could be speaking. So that was a really, really challenging uh, situation. Yeah. And like <laughs> later on, we, we found um, some sponsors and then like we 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 found great speakers from like Wall Street uh, companies, and then it turns out to be really really good. How do you find speakers for your events? Well, I I think I'm connected to many people already on this area in okay. um, in diversity areas. So people reach out to me first of all if like they they tell their interest. If not, I spread the news to to our ambassadors to see if anyone is interested or if anybody who who would actually bring a great value who could be you know different than all the people who are always speaking up about uh, about the subject um that is the way that I I, I LinkedIn is one of the other tool that you know is easy for us to to find if they are a speaker or not. Is it a problem to find speakers or is it a difficult um, part of what you do? Or, or is it- Well, I think for me, I would like to have different voices each time yeah. and representation of different people. For example, people uh, from LGBT background, people have, you know, different ethnicity and have experience in either tech world or working uh, in corporate world for um, in Ireland, for example, or who could make it interesting for our audiences also. When it all comes together, there are not really many people in Ireland, especially who could be a speaker. So other than that, if you are always in the same circle of speakers, that really doesn't add a great value because you want to hear different people's voice. So this is a tricky part, actually. 
Yeah, it's and um, do you? I mean, do you make a special? Because I know some event organizers, you know, make a special uh, effort to. Uh, for example, um, Catherine Madden, who does UX the XConf, uh, they they make mm-hmm. a special effort to always have a couple of first time speakers. Oh yes, yes, I see. For me, yes, they're like we had great speakers, including uh, Sandra Healy from DCU. She's one of the best speakers in Ireland about diversity. So she was very nice to join to our event so far. And uh, later on in New York, we had Mercer's diversity and inclusion, uh, global diversity and inclusion manager. And then we had uh, a global director of the economics magazine. So we had uh, very good people so far. Very, you know, unique voices. Um, and Gorod Kearney as well from different side of uh, diversity. So many, many great people we have in our events so far. But again, you know, if you are running very uh, frequently and then you are really looking for different people and then, you know, it's it's tri- tricky, especially. Well, I, I would say, uh, I hope you don't mind me saying this, if you're listening to uh, to this podcast, uh, you should talk to Furkan if you're um, looking to speak about um, tech and diversity, especially if you're a first-time speaker. I think uh, I think they'd be safe in your hands. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about some of the, the other challenges, especially from a diversity perspective that people who uh, didn't grow up learning English have to face. Yeah. Um, I think this is actually an... an it is, like I said, it's a topic we've discussed before, but uh, it's not a topic I've seen many people write about or discuss those challenges. And I think it's... It's super important. It's really important. Absolutely. Yeah. Tell us about your journey um, facing that language challenge and then... Sure. Some of the ways that you can you can make it easier. I came to Ireland as an exchange student from Istanbul to Atlon IT. That was 13, 14 years ago. So I actually founded... Um, a young entrepreneurs club in in my college in Istanbul. So I organized events on that, you know, in in Turkish in in that college as well. So, and then I came to Atlon IT and I felt like all my network, you know, that I built back home was gone. Wow, that's that, that's you know that is. Yeah. That is so difficult, and I had actually many things in my mind that I was thinking, you know, I could do this for the future and I could do that. So, and the limitation of the town as well, you know, if it was maybe Dublin, it would be easier to, to have more, um, you know, events or like student union programs. So, uh, in Athlone, things were very limited and I was, um, not feeling confident uh, with my language skills so that, you know, if, even if I want to speak something, I would actually keep it myself. Uh, that is one of the, the challenges I had. And after I work for um, tech companies, and again, with the experiences that I have in, in tech world and, you know, representing a different ethnicity with my own, you know, um, identity and things like that, things that I wanted to actually give message that build up during those years. And one, one year I asked one of my managers, I said, actually there is an event in, um, in Google that they are running an event like that. And I would like to be a speaker. I'm, I would like to okay. be yeah. speak 
about like 10 minutes about, you know, my journey and plus this and this. Um, then, uh, then she told me, um, you know what? I, I can't make a public speaking. She told me, even though I showed my interest that I'm very interested in, you know, empowering women in tech and women like me and ex especially I had a message to deliver. So I was actually struggling with my language skills and I was looking for a support. And that moment she told me, you know what, you can't, you can't do a public speaking. Oh. And then I, <laughs> uh, and I like, I wasn't requesting anything from my company. I was only like looking for um, like a little bit support or, or maybe a way that she could show me. And then yeah. I said, okay, I, I pulled myself back and I think about that situation. I asked why I wouldn't be a public speaker. And then like, what are the public speakers out there who are already giving their messages? Are they perfect people? Are they already trained fully for this? Or like, why I can't do this? And plus, uh, I also thought like, do I really care about this comment or do I really believe in what she's saying to me to discourage, discourage myself to not to speak, which I ha have already waited for many years to think, should I speak or not? Should I speak or not? Then I said, you know what? I'm going, I'm not going to be perfect. I know, but I'm going to be trying. I will try. If it works out, I will continue. If it's not you know, at least I will have this, uh, you know, experience in me that I have at least tried. So uh, that was one of the, the the breaking points for me to to make my own decision from the negative environment that I was um, as I was experiences while I had uh, some message to give to the world you yeah. know and, and this person would would they a public speaker or did they did, were they just being negative i have no clue <laughs> or trying to trying to weirdly maybe protect you or uh maybe maybe it's interesting the way sometimes you have these moments where you know you could go in one direction or the other yes yes and saying to you're you're an entrepreneur you've started a number of businesses saying to an entrepreneur no you can't is yeah. <laughs> not a good yeah. idea <laughs> Yes, uh, and I have actually five points that I would like to give a yes, recommend non-English non, uh, non speakers for public speaking. I think, first of all, is it's a challenge for everyone, not only for you as a non-English speaker. So, I mean, to have a mindset to be ready for obstacles, for things that are, is not going to be going wrong, to have a mindset for this is really important. It's difficult at the end of the day. Second is, you know, preparation makes difference no matter what, uh, on, uh, not depending on the language. The more you get prepared, the more you feel comfortable. And by listening to yourself again and again, it gets better by time. And, you know, I listened to myself a lot. And then my problem was, um, I was sometimes not getting into the point. So I was like, 
speaking around this, you know, the subject a lot, but maybe making it so slow to get to the point. I listened to myself, so I made it easy to to remind me the message that I had to give. The third is having positive people around you who believes and supports you is so important. Like the message that I gave previously, people who yeah. told me that I can't give uh, public speaking and I, you know, I ask myself why. So if I was actually uh, hearing negative things from more than one person, so it could actually, you know, make me feel like, okay, maybe people are right, I'm wrong. So having positive people who believes in you, the message that you are, that you are going to be giving is important. And number four is don't over criticize yourself. I am somebody who used to over criticize myself a lot by my slow speaking. Even in my language, I speak so slowly. But that's my, a good my, thing. It's that's a good thing in public speaking. <laughs> but I just couldn't bear my voice to listen yeah. to it again. My my sisters used to slap me. Oh, Farrakhan, you are speaking so slowly from the young ages. But um, I I think I was really over criticizing, even with you know slow speaking and plus focusing on too much on my pronunciation, my English level, things like that. But instead, be authentic and focus on your message and tones. Once the message is out there, if people are getting it, that's fine. That's, I mean, move on. Don't spend hours on your like English grammatical skills, things like that. Like being an authentic um, speaker, for example, you know, Ariana Huffington, she yes. has a strong Greek accent, so she's one of the person who inspires me so much. I like uh, really yes. love her um, uh, organization, Tribe, uh, Huffington Post, and her book Tribe is absolutely brilliant. And I mean, I feel very connected with her, and plus her Greek accent, and she's one of the best speakers in the world. So if she is an authentic person, so I can be an authentic person. Too. So, so as the other non-English speakers, they can be authentically themselves by giving the message in a way that is actually, um, you know, with, with their own identity. So that's not a problem at all. Um, the fifth thing is, I think having a final message ready in a list is making things much easier. For example, I have this list. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, well, you remember the number five, but yes, you're, you're on number yes. five. Yes, final <laughs> message list is absolutely brilliant. Uh, one of the scariest things I faced so far was uh, I was invited to Dublin Tech Summit in a panel with, um, with like, over like I think three four hundred audience, and this was one of the biggest experience for me. So I was like calculating how many minutes that I'm going to speak, and you know if they add like I didn't have any any questions beforehand that they could ask me. So I said okay, they are going to ask about me. So I make make sure that I have my you know answers ready for like 
uh, to present myself. And then at the end, they are going to be giving definitely a final message. So if I have one, two, three, four final message, then it's going to be at least saving my time. You know, and this is going to be the last thing that I will be, you know, uh, giving to people. People will remember me with this final message. Doesn't matter, you know, an hour long uh, panel. So I had four keywords ready for me at the end. So I was the last speaker in the panel and she, uh, Tara from RTE, she was the, uh, the panel moderator. She asked me my final message. I said, one is this, two is this, three is this, four is this. And then later on when I get home, I found that Dublin Tech Summit uh, tweeted about my message in the whole uh, panel. So wow, that was good. really good. Uh, so that means that I could give a good message, a final message that I um, you know, I want to at least give those messages in this panel to people, to audience without, you know, uh, without the distractions or, or the all these noises in the panel. So final message is the key. <laughs> this is a For really. I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to use this myself. I um, because I've I've ha often had a difficulty with how do I end a talk. Well, how do you, you know, you 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 have a whole bunch of things to say, but then at the end mm -hmm. I just kind of say you know thank you and take some questions. But I, I've never given any thought to like a summary a with one final three. message. Yeah. That's yeah, a cool idea. that's a cool idea. I'm going to use that. Brilliant! <laughs> wow, that's fantastic. Okay, uh, and, I, and I can I can say a bonus is as well. People like to see you succeed on on the stage, so nobody yeah, is saying, sure. "Oh my God, I want her to fail." So people genuinely want you to succeed. So, um, and like, no need to be afraid of the like natural things could come. You know, so. I mean, these are the things helping me so far for public yeah, speaking. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, as you do your first talk and then others, that experience also helps. But you, you kind of come to understand how these things, how these things fit together. I, I, I think we are nearing the end of our time. We said we try to um, stay to uh, a reasonable length of this particular podcast. <laughs> but I, I'd like to finish up on a strong point, which is maybe uh, to talk a little bit about uh, your organization, uh, Diverse In. I think that's a really interesting thing to talk about. Sure. Um, Diverse In is basically a global diversity and inclusion platform. What we do is we bring people from different backgrounds together to make equal and happier workplaces. You can think of diversity as um, a Huffington Post for diversity. People all get together from different expertise, women in tech, LGBT, disabilities, um, uh, ethnic and culture, diversity and business. So they get together uh, from different backgrounds and uh, they share their expertise in in uh, in under one platform diversin.com so this is our uh, our platform basically and is it, uh, and then you have a website don't you it's it's di diversein.com yes, yes uh, diversein.com absolutely and we are active on social media as well in any social media so you can find the events that we are going to be hopefully in the first week of um I think the second week, the week that uh, Women's Day, we are going to be having a free uh, half half a day women in um, leadership uh, training 
free for to support women uh, in business. So you can watch out uh, and um, and especially for other offers, you can sign up to our uh, mailing. Fantastic. And this is the organization that, that ran the event in New York you were talking about earlier, I think, was it? Yes. Ah, yes. Fantastic. Okay. <laughs> making, <laughs> just making stuff happen. Fantastic. Furkan, it has been uh, an absolute pleasure uh, talking to you about your journey and, and public speaking. Um, I really love the five points. That's absolutely fantastic. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Advice. It's been a pleasure for me to talk to you as well, Richard. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. Just a few things before the embers fade and wrap up another episode of Fireside with Voxgate. You can find notes and links from this podcast at voxgate.com slash podcasts. We also publish a weekly newsletter on public speaking, selecting the best advice and techniques from some of the world's greatest speakers, both ancient and modern. Rhetoric is an old and revered art, not especially easy to master, but a skill like any other, one you can also learn. Visit foxgig.com slash newsletter to subscribe. If you've enjoyed this fireside chat, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Please also leave a review that helps us make this podcast even better. If you'd like to contact me directly, please email richard at foxgig.com. If you'd like to be counted as a supporter, just let me know and I'll add you to our supporters page. Till next time, remember, take a deep breath, pause, and step forward.